0: The Bible reading today is in the book of Matthew, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. And before we go into the reading, uh, I would like to pray. Father in heaven, we come here today ready to worship you, Lord. And we come here with humble hearts. And as we consider your word, Lord, the Bible, the book of truth, we know that it is your word, Lord. For no prophecy of scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. But rather, they spoke from you, God, as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So as we read read your word, We know that it is is you speaking, Lord, and we just ask that you would speak to our hearts and help us to live according to your word. And so we give you the glory and the praise and the honor forever and ever. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. The Visit of the Wise Men Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod, the king, behold, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. This is the reading of God's word.
1: Thank you Colt, I've been missing that, it's wonderful. Oh, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. It seems like baby boy wants to be like daddy and be a preacher one day. <laughs> well, yeah, we can pray. That would be pretty cool. Azariah. What a great, great guy. Psalm 19. What, what, what an incredible truth. That the heavens declare the glory of God, and the skies above proclaim his handiwork. Day to day they pour out speech, night to night they reveal knowledge. The Holy Spirit through David begins by highlighting in this psalm how God's creation points and directs mankind's attention to the glory of the one true and living God, Yahweh. But then as the psalm continues in verses 7 through 14, he highlights how not only God's creation points to the glory of God and to who he is and to the kingship of Yahweh, the one true and living God. But he highlights how God's word does the exact same thing. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold. And then Jemmy knows this one, sweeter also than honey and the honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. And it ends up in the very last verse Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. In today's passage, Matthew chapter 2, as we're introduced to the wise men, in a very real sense, the Holy Spirit is making the same point for us to consider. That the Lord uses various means to point to himself and to the King Jesus. See, in Psalm 19, the Holy Spirit uses David to highlight that the Lord used the heavens, God's creation, to point to the glory of God and to ultimately to Yahweh, to Jesus, the King. And he uses his word. And we see the exact same thing happening in today's passage when we consider the magi from the east come to worship Jesus. See, the Lord, he uses different means and different ways to point people, to point us to Jesus the King. And so it should lead us to respond by paying attention to those different ways in which he is trying to direct our hearts to who Jesus is and respond as the wise men did in worshiping him. In complete worship of Jesus the King. In today's passage, we see in verses 1 through 10 that the Lord uses his creation to point to King Jesus. Consider what he has made and worship Jesus the King. And in verses 5 through 12, we see that the Lord uses his word. Just like we see in Psalm 19, he uses his word to point to King Jesus. Consider what he has said and worship Jesus the King. First of all, the Lord uses his creation to point to King Jesus. Consider what he has made and worship Jesus, the King. Isn't this incredible how the Lord directed the Magi to Jerusalem and then ultimately to Bethlehem through a star? Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men or magi, who were really scientists and astronomers, from the east came to Jerusalem saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him, and assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet. And then if you go, uh, well, in verse 6, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by, by no means least among the rulers of Judah, and for from... that they had seen when it rose, went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Isn't this incredible? The heavens declare the glory of God. The the, the skies. Above proclaims his handiwork. Day after day, night after night, they reveal knowledge and speech. As we've been going through the book of Genesis, in Genesis chapter 1, we've considered the creation of of the universe, and in the Lord creating all things, it included the stars. And it talks about how he created the sun to govern the day and the moon to govern the night. And then as almost an afterthought, it says, and the stars. And it's incredible to study stars. Both in the Old and New Testaments in the Bible, but then also just as astronomers study the skies The Lord is an incredible maker and an an incredible creator. And he created the skies in such a way that they point to him. And, And in particular, this star pointed to the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now there's people who have discussed and said that that they don't really believe it was an actual star. But there has been some incredible work done to give a scientific understanding of what that star was and how it ended up doing the exact thing that we are told here in Matthew chapter 2. If you guys have never seen it, there's a documentary called The Star of Bethlehem. Um, you can find it on youtube and it's it's really interesting because based upon the the math and the science that was um, discovered by Johannes Kepler they are able to go back to any time in history and figure out what was going on with the stars and their movement and in doing that research they found how the this this uh, incredible appearance of this star actually happened, and it, it is recorded in the history of, of astronomy. That's pretty cool. Just to see how the Lord, in his providence, was working and orchestrating things in such a way that the star rose. And it came and it was pointing the wise men. It was pointing the magi to Jesus. Jesus the king. And in a certain way, the star had to bow to its king. The star had to bow to its maker. Because it was Jesus by whom all things were created. And it's Jesus who holds all things together. And it's all creation that worships Jesus. And so for Jesus to come to this earth as a child. Even the star had to bow. And to point to him. The star was like a sign. That was pointing The Magi, right to the place where Jesus was. Now, we're all familiar with signs. The other day, as a family, and I talked with Jimmy about this, but we went to Wendy's, and we got Frosties, and it was so yummy. And uh, it was really yummy, wasn't it, Jim Buck? Yeah, but then it was incredible because the next day, Jemmy was with Aaron and they were in town and um, she saw the Wendy's sign, the girl with the red hair. And so Jemmy was like, can we go get a treat over there? Because she knew that when she saw the sign, Of the girl with the red hair. It was pointing to a place. Where you could go and get a frosting. And it tasted really good. Signs point to something. The star was a sign. To these magi. Of where Jesus the king was. It was pointing to him. Now, for us today, we may think, well, we've never seen something like that. We've never seen something in creation that that was that specific. But, but there's a very real sense in which every time that we go outside, we are looking at signs everywhere. And every time we look to the heavens... Every time it's clear out and dark and we go outside and we look at the stars, we are looking at these signs that are pointing not to themselves, but to their creator, to Jesus, the King. It's so what it says, and, and, and we've, we've talked about this verse before, but I think it's such an incredibly powerful and important verses for us to understand. Romans 1, 19 and 20, it says this, For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them for His invisible attributes, namely, His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. So yes. We may not have experienced something quite as incredible as the Magi did when they saw the star and then followed it and it led them right to where Jesus the King was. But we get the experience of going outside and considering God's wonderful creation and allowing that to point us to our Savior Jesus and to ultimately worship him even as we consider the snow i mean if you just take some snow and you look at how intricate each snowflake is you look at that and it's a sign it's saying look look to my creator look to jesus who is the king look to him and worship him and so i want to encourage us As brothers and sisters in Christ, take some time to go outside. Take some time to look at the stars. And in so doing, consider them and consider how they are pointing to our Savior, the Lord Jesus. And worship him. Worship him. And this can be difficult in the busyness of life. We can get caught up and we can even spend time outdoors. And in the midst of it, we forget that all around us, creation is crying out. Look to Jesus. Worship him. Surrender to him. See, the Lord uses different means to point to King Jesus, including his creation. Pay attention. To his direction and worship Jesus the king. But then in verses 5 through 12, we see that the Lord uses his word to point to King Jesus. Consider what he has said and worship Jesus the king. In verses 5 through 6, it says, um, you know, as the the magi come to, to Herod and they're looking for where the king of the Jews has been born... In verse 3 it says when Herod the king heard this he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him and assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him in Bethlehem of Judea for so it is written for so it is written by the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. The chief priests and the scribes were quoting from the book of Micah. Micah chapter 5, verse 2 when the Holy Spirit led Micah to make this prophecy about the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem. And once again, as we considered last week about the prophecy Isaiah made in Isaiah chapter 7 about the virgin conceiving. This prophecy about Jesus being born in Bethlehem was Given 700 years before his birth. Over 700 years before his birth. But it's incredible because this was given in the Old Testament. And sometimes... We can, we can think, well, the Old Testament was before Jesus came. And so we don't really take time from the Old Testament to really consider Jesus. But the truth is, is the whole Old Testament is in pointing to Jesus. It's, it's that sign. It's, it's these prophecies that are saying Jesus is coming. And through the scriptures, it was pointing to the birth of the king. The one who is to be born in Bethlehem. And then you you see, for from you shall come a ruler. The king of kings and the Lord of lords who will shepherd my people Israel. And it was based upon this. That the Magi received even clearer instruction as to where they could find Jesus. And, And in fact, if the Holy Spirit hadn't led Micah to write that prophecy, Herod the king wouldn't have even known where Jesus was born. And it's kind of interesting to think about that because next week we'll consider Herod went and killed a bunch of babies because he was jealous. But he, would have, he wouldn't have known that it was Bethlehem if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit leading Micah to write that prophecy. But, but then we see what ended up happening. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I may to come and worship him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Once they were pointed to Bethlehem from the prophecy of Micah, The star continued to to guide the way. And when they came and they went in and they saw a baby Jesus. He couldn't help but bow down to him. And worship him. The the Greek term for worship. that's found in verses 2 and 11. Is proskuneo. And it means this, to fall upon the knees and touch the ground with the forehead as an expression of profound reverence. To fall upon the knees and touch the ground with the forehead as an expression of profound reverence. Reverence is an honor or respect that is felt for or shown to someone or something. They knew that that baby, no longer in a manger, in a home there in Bethlehem. They knew that he was the king of kings and the lord of lords. The star pointed them to to him. God's word pointed them to him. And the only proper response coming face to face with this baby king was to bow. To kneel down and touch their forehead to the ground in worship. And to give him gifts, gold for a king. Yeah, and what else? Myrrh. That's exactly right. And frankincense. Good job, Jim. But gold was for a king. Frankincense was the incense that was used in the temple. By the priest. Jesus the King. Jesus the perfect priest. The one who intercedes between God and man. And then myrrh, myrrh was used for burials. Myrrh, probably to be identified with labdanum, an aromatic gum exuded from the leaves of the cysts rose. Its oil was used in beauty treatments. You can see that in the book of Esther, chapter 2. And it was sometimes mixed with wine and drunk to relieve pain. You see that in Mark 15. But then this is so key. In John chapter 19 verses 39 through 40. It's applied to Jesus' body after his death. The notes from the New American Standard Study Bible. That's why when we were re-singing that song, We Three Kings of of Orient Are, the last verse, you you sing it and you're like, man, that's kind of depressing. But when you listen, it says, Myrrh is mine, it's bitter perfume, breathes of life, of gathering gloom, sorrowing, sighing, bleeding, dying, sealed, in the stone cold tomb. So even as Jesus was a baby. And even as these wise men came to worship him. The gift that he, they gave him. Gold. Highlighting that he was the king of kings and the lord of lords. Frankincense. Highlighting that he was the perfect priest. But then myrrh. Prophesying his death as our perfect sacrifice. That's the reason why Jesus came to save us, to save his people from their sins. Is he didn't stay in that stone cold tomb? He rose to life again and ascended on high, and he's returning again. And all who look to him and trust in him will be saved. All who continue to look to him and trust in him day by day will experience the continual blessing of God's forgiveness. The, the continual blessing of a fellowship and right relationship with God on high. See, it's all about Jesus. It, it, it's all about that baby who was born, who was placed in that manger. And, and who lived in Bethlehem. It's, it's, it's all about him. It's all about the one who the Magi in the east saw his star. They followed the star. They, they came. They talked to Herod. They heard about him from the scriptures. From the scriptures. And they went to where he was. And they came to him. And they couldn't help but bow down before him. And worship him. James Montgomery wrote the song, Angels from the Realms of Glory, and he says this, Sages, speaking of the Magi, leave your contemplations, brighter visions beam afar. Seek the great desire of nations. Ye have seen his natal star. Come and worship. Come and worship. Worship Christ, the newborn King. The Lord calls us to worship Him, to bow before Him. He uses His creation to point us to King Jesus, but He uses His word to point us to King Jesus, the perfect King, the perfect priest, the perfect sacrifice. And may we daily bow before Him. May we daily surrender to Him. May may, may we daily live out of an understanding of His worth and His value. May we daily remember His presence with us. And in so doing, may that transform how we live our life. See, worship to Jesus, the king, doesn't just look like bowing down in prayer, which that's part of worshiping him. Worshiping Jesus, the king, is having a heart that bows down to him and his leadership in every decision that we make. And in, in every word that we say, remembering his presence with us. In in our day-to-day life, what we think about in our minds, what we dwell on, what we meditate on, where we go, when we remember his presence and his worth, we can't help but bow before him and say, not our will, but yours be done. See, the Lord uses different means to point to King Jesus. Pay attention to his direction and worship Jesus the King. He uses his creation. Just like he did for the Magi with the star. But he uses his word. Just just like when the Magi were there with Herod and they heard the prophecy from Micah. And in our lives... May we pay attention to how he is pointing us to Jesus. May may we pay attention as we spend time out in God's creation. And may that point us to worshiping him. And then may we pay attention to him in his word. And how it points us to Jesus the king. And may we respond in bowing down before him. Complete and total worship. To the only one who is worthy. Father we thank you. Thank you for your word. I pray that we will have hearts. That are humble and will receive and respond. And that we will truly worship. Jesus the king. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.